they're good looking. My name's Alexander Marcano, and this is Statistically Significant. And today, I have a very special treat, because I'm here with my very own grandmother, Gilma Betancourt. Say hello. Hello. So, today, as I understand it, we're going to be talking about growing up in Colombia, and then the story of how you met my grandpa, right? Okay. All right. But first, this week's spicy stat. So, Colombia is the only country in South America that has a border on both the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. All right. So. It's very interesting. Yes. Have you been to both? Yes. Which side is Cartagena on? Cartagena is on the Atlantic. And then what cities um, are Buenaventura, on? Tumaco, those are ports in the Pacific. Yeah. Oh. So when, what was it like growing up in Colombia? For us, it was a lot of fun. I have very good parents, and then uh, my father had a farm, which we went there when we were on vacation. Like um, he worked the farm, or he just... No, he managed the the farm. He always had people working. Like a vegetable farm? It was more like cattle. And then for fun, what he did was to plant a lot of trees and a lot of fruit trees. And one of the best times of his life was when he got the the very first fruit, come home and share with everybody, even if we had a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> because we were six kids, and mom and dad is eight, mm-hmm. and always the the person who helped in the house, so it was nine. So, but he, that was one of his best times when he finally got a fruit of the tree that he planted, and he loved nature. And at that time, we I didn't appreciate of how much the love that he had for nature, for the trees. We used to go in the car, and he said, oh, look at that beautiful tree. And I used to think, you know, what is beautiful about that? (laughs) But probably because we were so used to being surrounded by them. Surrounded by them and the palms and and everything. So it was when I came here to this country is when I really appreciated the appreciation that he had for nature and for all the trees and and the rivers and you know when also he he had a farm when i was small when he was in a very cold weather and then later on he sold that one and he bought it on the other extreme which it was a very hot Uh, hold hold on one second okay we're back uh so what did your mom do oh my mom was always a, a housewife when we were in a very small town that it was called San Feliz, which is the place where I was born, and the farm in that place um, was the very cold place, um, my father also had a store that he was also the pharmacy, and he was kind of the pharmacist of the little town. And uh, so my mom sometimes came and helped at the store, but she, right. didn't, she never, never had a job or anything like that. Okay, so you were growing up in Colombia, and then at what age did you, where did you meet 
my grandfather. Well, from that little town that I was born, we went back to Manizales, and I was in Manizales until I was um, like in fifth grade, fourth grade. Then we went to Medellin. And when we went to Medellin, that's, uh, how old are you in fifth grade? 10, 11 years old? I have no idea. So we went there. <laughs> I guess and maybe then 10. We spent the rest until I left for this country. And in about 1963, 64 is when I met Papi. And, um, but when I met him, he just came from the army. Did he choose to go into the army or was he forced? No, he chose to go into the army. And then when he came back, he had, I had a collection of pins. Mm -hmm. And he had some beautiful pins on his barrette. Like, and I wanted like those army pins. pins. Like army pins, yes. Mm. So, of course, that he wasn't interested in me. He was interested in my friend. So when I realized that he wasn't interested in me, so my bubble, you know, was busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I serve as a male person between them two. You know, I used to tell my mom that I was going to go and study with my friend who lives around the corner from my house. And then he was to read the letters that he wrote her and to write, you know, the answers. So I always had a letter in the book that we pretended that we were so studying. you were you were acting as the the male person yeah the the spy transferring <laughs> the messages between them that's that's right that's right until one day that she uh he caught her that she was going out or she was talking and going through another friend to be with an old boyfriend of hers so she just she had a web a she, web of uh, yes of, of correspondence. male people <laughs> So at that time they broke up, and so he was. How old, so how old were you sad. when all of this was happening? I was probably sixteen. Oh, okay. So you, you're all. How old is he at this point? Well, he's seven years older than me. So at that time he was much older than me. Today the difference is not that big, mm -hmm. but when you're young, I mean to have. A friend seven years older is too much. Yeah. The thing is that we always talk every every afternoon, every after school, every evening. We were talking in my house, and everybody thought that he was my boyfriend, but I couldn't say that he wasn't my boyfriend because my friend. Right, because you didn't want to get your friend in a, trouble. Right, she wasn't allowed to have boyfriends, so I couldn't say that he was her boyfriend. So, how did you guys meet if he wasn't? Like a school for, you know, he wasn't in school with you guys. Because he was in the neighborhood. His family lived in the neighborhood. Oh, he And he nearby. came and he started looking for a job and he found a job. So he was he was in the neighborhood all the time also after what, work. What did he do? He started to, after the army, he started to work at a, a place uh, for where they sell uh, auto parts. And he was there for many, many years. Oh, okay. And then he... After they broke up, that was kind of in October, and then he, my friend, uh, didn't want anything to do with him, and he finally gave up, and he was crying, and he, I mean, and it was two different kinds of loves that he had for her and the one that he had for me. Mm -hmm. So 
in Colombia, the school year goes from February to November. Right. And this was in October. So, like, in November, I was consoling him and telling him, you know, there's not the only woman in the world. Go get another girlfriend. Yeah. You know, and forget about this one. And, and then she's in not December, worth it. She has a, a that's web right. Of, I was a gonna, web of people. <laughs> I was going to go in December, at the beginning of December, for a long vacation because school started in February. So mm. I was going to go to another state. And I stayed there until the school the day before or two days before school started. That night before I left, he kind of mentioned it that the person that I was telling him to get, it was me. So to me, it was the biggest surprise of my life. Oh, you had no idea? I had no idea that, that he was thinking about me. And then when knowing how much he loved her, I didn't believe. I didn't believe it. And he said... You know, he needs to show me that he's me, not her. Yeah. And Yeah, you don't want to be so, the rebound. No. So <laughs> I left. But so it was December, January. I came back in, at the beginning of February. And he sent me a present. And I was scared to death because I thought that my family was, or my mom was going to get mad at me. So it was February, March, April, May. And finally in May, he was begging me all those months, six months, until I finally realized that it was me and not her. Yeah, until he was able and to convince you? Kind of, yes. So how how did he convince you? He wrote me a letter saying everything that I was feeling at that time, that I was thinking a lot about him, that in classes I wasn't paying attention because I was thinking about him because he was the one, blah, 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 blah. And then that really convinced me. And also my brother... He, uh, Papi had some vacation, and my brother invited him to the farm that my father had, had in a very hot part of, of the country. Mm -hmm. So they went, and my brother got to know him better. So when they came from the trip, I showed my brother the letter, and I said that everything that he said in the letter was, was true, that I was having those feelings for him. Mm -hmm. So he said, why don't you accept him? So I just accept him as my boyfriend. Do you still have those letters? Unfortunately, not. What, With all my travel. Oh, you just lost them? I lost them because when I came here, I never thought that I was going to come and stay. I came to the States to travel and go back. Right. But I found the opportunity to stay. So everything that I had there, you yeah. know, throughout the years, it got lost. Okay, so then you decided to be, you decided to, to give him a shot and date him. And date him. And what happened next? How'd well, it go? I was <laughs> like in, I was like in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I wanted to be um, a nurse or I wanted to be, um, you know, like a surgeon. Uh, yeah, work in surgery. Work in surgery, like surgical uh, tech. Surgical tech. But when I was getting ready, at, at that time, that career was, after, you can do it after 10th grade. Mm -hmm. When I got in 10th grade, so they decided that it was going to be of the 12th grade, and it was like four years of school, and I said, no, it's too long. So that's when I finished high school, I went for bilingual secretary. So you would have been able to start schooling for a surgical tech in 10th grade? 
Right before that year, yes. Oh. But that year they changed it and they said, no, you have to graduate. Oh. And then started. So that's what I didn't do it because it was a four-year uh, studying. Yeah. So it was too long for me being going out with him already for two or three years plus two more years. So it was going to be a long time. Hmm. One thing that my mother always insisted was education. And she said, you know, you get prepared in life because you never know what life is going to bring you. Even if you get married with somebody that is going, you know, wealthy and you don't have to work and this and that, you never know what, you know, if, if something happened to him. Yeah, but he At wasn't. that time, divorce wasn't in the picture, but death or sickness. Yeah, but he wasn't wealthy. No, right? he was poor. So it was another reason for me to prepare myself because I knew he was a very good man, but he was a very poor man also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, he lost his father and mother when, when he was 12 years old, and he's the fifth of 10 kids. Oof. He was 12 years old, and he lost his father and his mother. Mm -hmm. So the other were very small. So he ended up having to support his siblings after his parents passed? Not at that time, but when he came from from the army, that's when and he started to work. Then him and another two older brothers got together and got with the other with the other how many three or four that it was after him. It was Marina, Amparo, Gustavo, Pedro Luis. It was four more. Mm -hmm. So them and Alberto. Uh, Alfonso y Pedro. So they they lived together because when they lost the father and mother, they were jumping from one of the sisters that were already married. It was two sisters that were married, so they were jumping from one to the other. Yeah. So finally, he needed to, you know, the three brothers, the three older brothers working, got together and have the... the. Um, so what was he like when he was, when you... What was your relationship like when you were younger? Was he romantic? Did he did he ever take you places? No, because I was I was afraid that I I was too young for yeah. them, and my mother wasn't very happy that I had this boyfriend that he was much older than me. Oh, but he knew. So, it, but they knew about it. They knew about it. At yeah. the end, they finally knew about it because then he brought me a serenata, which you know what serenade. People in Colombia or in the Spanish-speaking countries, it's very common that the boyfriend brings li like musicians in the middle of the night and start singing very you know romantic songs and everything. Mm -hmm. So he brought me one which I didn't enjoy because I thought that I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's yeah, like they a, knew it's a band. It's, it was band more like comes. guitar, like two or three. Oh, guitar trio. On trio guitarists, and then they played. It's very common in Colombia and and in a lot of countries. Now, a lot of mariachis is also very common. So mm -hmm. the whole neighborhood knows that, <laughs> that somebody's in love. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after that, my mother wasn't very happy that I had such a uh, poor boyfriend. A as poor a boyfriend or an old boyfriend? As a mother, now... I, un I understood my mother then. Mm 
mm-hmm. because you want the best for your kids. Yeah. And she didn't want me to suffer or to struggle. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know that he was a very good, that, that, that puppy was a very good man. Yeah. That he was, you know, like, he's always so unselfish. He gives what he has. And one time, one of his friends came and I said, hey, Alberto, do you have 100 pesos? At that time, the pesos were worth more than what it is today. Yeah. And he said, no, I only have 80. And whatever he has in his pocket, he gave it to his friend. Wow. Just like that. He, without he, asking more questions. Without asking. No. He, and he gave me the present, but I didn't know all this until, I, until much later in life. Hmm. All his money goes to support his house. So whatever he gave me or whatever clothes or whatever he needed, it was always like on credit. Yeah, like he was borrow like he had to take out He a has loan, to take out borrow a little money from somewhere. No what is very common in Colombia is that they give you the merchandise and you pay it like weekly mm-hmm. or every two weeks. Right. So that's how that's how he gave me all the presents. But he always gave me super, super good presents. I mean, he he's never he wasn't never cheap. Yeah. And even though he didn't have much. Even <laughs> though he didn't have the money. But he never cared. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I knew that he wasn't, I didn't know it was that bad, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had an idea, but it, right. not that it was that much. Right, right. Did your parents ever warm up to him? Not really. Only after he got married. And uh, after we got married, because then I, I came to the States. Mm-hmm. And. So he came after me like a few months later. So I guess start at the beginning of that story. You you came to the United States initially as a vacation, right? Well, the the whole I always wanted to come but I never knew that if you come you can stay. Mm-hmm. Illegally but you could stay. Right. Never <laughs> knew that. Yeah. Never ever knew that. Mm-hmm. But I had the opportunity. I was very, very involved in Colombia in the Girl Scouts. And I was a big leader at the Girl Scouts. And because I was a leader at the Girl Scouts, there is um, like a conference in Mexico every year for the worldwide. For yeah, like a world w- international conference international for the Girl Scouts. International conference for the Girl Scouts in Cuernavaca. And I was chosen with another girl from, from Bogota to come. Mm-hmm. So, being in Mexico, I said, this is the opportunity to go and visit the States. And I had a cousin in Miami. So, I decided, I asked for the visa, which at that time in Medellin, the embassy or the consulate was at the same building that I worked. Oh. So, I got the visa, but it was a visitor's visa, a tourist yeah, it was visa. A temp- yeah, for a couple, for like a month, right? Uh, yeah, like for six months. Oh, so, okay. So we traveled for one month in Mexico. And then in Mexico, I met a girl from Argentina that she was coming to the States and have a tour in the Greyhound buses for 21 days for $99. Mm-hmm. So she had one of those tickets. But after the two weeks of the conference in Cuernavaca, 
She went to a family and I stayed with another family, but we were in contact all the time because I got excited about coming to the States and have that trip with her. Right. But the, the family where she was staying at, the husband knew that it was the same type of travel by plane. So like you could take the same route. You can take the same 21 days for for $149 by plane, which is my be- much better than by bus. Yeah. So we bought it, and then we end up traveling 31 days. So we had one month going. We started the first plane in Laredo, Mexico, to Houston. From Houston to New York, stopping in New Orleans, um, Washington, D.C., Niagara Falls, Mm-hmm. Chicago, Arizona, we went to the Grand Canyon, um, Los Angeles and San Francisco. From San Francisco, we went back to Miami. I was going to stay with my cousin for a few days, and she was going to go, and she went back to, to Argentina. And after I stayed with my cousin, I came back to New York because somebody, when I was in New York, somebody said, why don't you stay? And I said, what do you mean <laughs> that you stay? Can I stay? Of course you can stay. Oh, then I will. Can I come and stay with you until I find something to do? Right. And that's how I end up in New York. And then I never went back to, to Colombia. So at this point, you've made the decision that you're going to stay in the United States, but your family didn't know that no. until you sent a letter. Right. Because my goal was, since I I was a bilingual secretary in Colombia, but my English, I knew a lot of vocabulary, but I couldn't understand what they say. I mean, we thought that you guys talked so fast. I said, how can they move that tongue so fast? So I needed to learn, and I needed to be more fluent. And I said, when I get fluent, I go back. And I, when I work, I will put my conditions. I work if da-da-da-da-da. But then in the middle of all this, Papi came. My boyfriend came from Colombia. Unannounced. So, uh, unannounced, practically. <laughs> and then I, what else were we going to do? We were going to get married that end of the year in Colombia, so we got married in the States. Oh, so you guys were already planning on getting married in, before you came? Right. And then you disappeared. But I disappeared and I came and I didn't have any intentions to go back soon. Right. But I never told him that. I went to school, and yes, I was studying to be more fluent. And then I started to work just to survive. But my goal was to to learn English and be fluent enough. So in your head, you were going to break up with you were breaking up with him basically, because you were leaving. Yes, you were leaving in, for the states and not coming back. For in who a knows way, how yes. Long. I never thought that he was going to get a visa because even fifty years ago, it was hard to get visas for some people yeah and he was just a a poor auto mechanic a poor auto mechanic auto sales part that he what else you know that he wasn't going to have but yeah didn't speak a lick of english no and then (laughs) i think that he said that he was going to come to one of those conventions for auto parts and everything was exported or was imported from here Mm -hmm. in colombia so that's how he got the visa and then we stayed, and then when he, when he came here, then we got married. So how how did he know where to go? 
He got the plane ticket to New York because he knew you were uh, in New York. He went to New York, and then instead of calling me and, and see how can I go and pick him up, he took a cab, which he didn't know anything about how New York and how far places are. I mean, at, that, at are. that point, he'd never even left Colombia. No. So that was the first trip. He didn't so know he anything came, about all the anywhere. money that he had, it was the cab 50 years ago, it was $50 to go to the house. And I think that he had. $75 in his pocket. So when so he, he spent m more than half of his money just on the that's, that's the cab ride to your place. Exactly. He didn't have any money when he came because he knew that he was going to go and work and stay here like I was. And he thought that we were going to get married the next week. Of course not because we needed to, g to get some paperwork ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't going to get married if it wasn't by the church. Blah, blah, blah. So... But that time, so he play the play the scene for me. He he gets in the cab, and then what happens? And he gets he got I don't know like a night at the airport in Kennedy, mm -hmm. and then he came home at five o'clock. At five o'clock, got in to the your morning, house. At five got to the house, and then th I was renting a room with a Cuban family. And then the lady comes and said, "Gilma, somebody's looking for you." And I said, "Somebody looking for me." And I look out the window, and it was him. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to look for a room for him because he couldn't stay in the same house with me. So what did you guys say? What did you say to him when you opened the door? I said, why didn't you tell me? And I was, I was so naive, and I was so stupid that I was afraid for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we started to look for a, for a place for him to stay until we get married. And then we got married and we lived in that house. But the funny thing is that when I was in that house, uh, that the lady there used to tell me, hey, bring that boyfriend, get married, and, and live over there. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was the farthest thing in my mind that could happen. Because it was, you saw it as, as wrong, right? You're not married. Not wrong, but I, I never thought that he was going to get a visa to begin with. Oh. I never thought that he was, was going to get a visa that easy. Yeah, you were ready to dump him. And and I was ready to, you know, whatever life brought to me, but I wasn't going to go back to get married. Yeah. Just because. If I was going to go back, and if he was available, then, you know, probably, but I needed to be very safe in my English and yep. secure that if I was going to go there, I was going to be a real bilingual secretary. So how many months after he arrived in New York did it take you guys to get married? We got married like um, two months. Oh, September, okay. October, November, in the middle of December, the twenty December twenty third. <laughs> and then I had to get. I have to. Fortunately, I already had a little bit of savings, and then I had to pay. You know, help him with the room and help him with the with his expenses. Then we had to until he finally got a job. And then he got a job. He got very difficult jobs at the beginning, but it was money coming in. Yeah, because he didn't. You spoke pretty good English, but he. I didn't speak very good English, but at least I was better. I was. Yeah, I, I could make any. myself understand. Yeah. But he didn't. No. So that's why, from the very beginning, I've been kind of the leader. And then when he started to work out of the out of uh, out of us, you know, like. 
in Alaska, even when we went to Alaska, he went up. So I, I'm the one that has been kind of in charge yeah. because of the circumstances. Yeah. So you guys went from New York, New York City, or, well, Long On Island. On the outskirts, yeah. Uh, to Alaska. Yes. Because that's where his next job was. And four, yes, four years later... Right after we came from Colombia, we finally got the visa because at that time, having a baby born in the United States, that baby will give you the visa, the permanent visa. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got the visa. And then we went to, but we needed to go back to Colombia to get it. So when we got the visa, we came back. That right. was in May. So you, you guys were living in New York. You had Sandy. And because of Sandy, you were able to get your permanent residency in the United States. Yeah, but it took us four years to get that the process going. After she was born. Yeah, four years she after was she born. was born. Three years after she was born. So you, then you guys got your permanent residency, but you had to go to Colombia to pick it up. To get it, yes. <laughs> and after we came from Colombia, that very first trip, his friend from, from ever, they grew up together. Right came to visit his brother, which he was living next door to us at that time, and then realized that Alberto was living there too, and yeah. he started telling us about Alaska, and I got very excited. My adventure... You wanted to go to Alaska? My adventure life kick in. Your nature side? I, my <laughs> nature, my adventurous side. And I wanted to go to Alaska, but he was afraid because we... We owed a lot of money. We were kind of established, at least with the money that we both made, we made it for the month. Right. You were living paycheck to paycheck, but it, paycheck was, to paycheck. it was working. It was working. And he was afraid that if he left and it took a while for him to get a job, what he was going to do. And I said, forget that you have a wife, forget that you have a daughter, I'll manage. I wasn't Alaska. afraid. Go to Alaska. But he didn't want to. I was so mad. I was very mad because he didn't leave. <laughs> A month later. You just keep trying to get rid of this guy. <laughs> Every <laughs> chance you get. <laughs> Temporarily. And then he, a month later, the guy, the condition that Papi gave the guy was, if you give me a job, I'll go there. Of course, that he couldn't give him a job, but he knew because they were building the pipeline from, from Prudhoe Bay to Valdez mm -hmm. in Alaska, and they were hiring people left and right. So he knew that he can get him a job, but Papi wanted the job. Right. He wanted it, so he wanted it in hand, in writing. A month later, the guy called, and the condition was, if you give me a job, I'll go. Well, when he called and he said, I need you here tomorrow, we assumed that he already had a job for him. Yeah. But guess what? He didn't. He left <laughs> and he didn't have a job. <laughs> but thank God for that. He ended up in, in, in Alaska. And then that month, it took him about a week to get a job. But when he got a job, he made in a week what he made in a month. In, in, in he York. made a... He made in a week, in Alaska, he made in a week what it took him a month to make in New York. In New York, exactly. So he said, you know, pack, sell everything and come. Yeah. 
I didn't want to go really because I had a good job. I had already a good job at an office. But I thought you wanted to go to Alaska. I wanted to go to Alaska, but not that fast oh. to say sell everything and come. And it was winter coming. This was, he left in September. Ah, so you didn't so, want to deal with the Alaskan uh, winter. Exactly. And I finally made it there November 15th, which it was already snow on the ground. And it was in New York. I never had temperatures of, you know, close to zero or below zero. I go to Alaska and it was 15 below zero. Oof. And I said, oh my gosh, how is this? But you do not feel it as cold because it's very dry. So when the weather is like hot, when it's very hot, but it's very dry, you don't feel it as much. Mm. It was the same thing in the winter. The cold wasn't as bad. So we went there and he, I was so tired. I was so exhausted because I needed to work. I needed to sell everything. I doubled my salary in, a, in that month. In the, the month, month that he told you to sell everything. But it wasn't only for the things from the house. I was selling a lot of other stuff. I was selling purses. I was selling skirts. I was selling jewelry. I was selling whatever I could to everybody that I could. And I doubled my money the very first month. And then I started to collect every, because, again, everything was on credit. Not everybody pays you. Oh, I'll pay you next week. I'll pay you with my, you know, when I get paid. I'll pay you in two or three payments. Yep. So I needed to collect all my money. I needed to sell everything from the house. And I needed to work. Yeah. <laughs> so when I get to Alaska, I was exhausted. And he got a car that he was shift. And he oh, said, I like need a manual? Uh-huh. And he said, I need you to teach. And I said, I don't want to learn. I cannot learn. I need to rest. <laughs> I don't want to learn. You, if you get a job, go. I'll, I'll manage. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll manage. So he was working in the on the oil rigs or on the, the pipelines. But when I made it to Alaska, he already had lost the very first job that he had. Oh, no. So he was waiting for another job. That day I wanted to kill him when he said, you know what? I don't have a job, but I know I'm going to get a job real quick. Oh, I wanted to strangle him because I was I was good yeah, in New York. You were living it up in New York. <laughs> That's right. But on December 16, he was called to work again, making good money. At that time, I don't know how much good money was at that time, but yeah. it was it was good. <laughs> so, what ultimately brought you back to Florida? He always said that he wanted to go to, back to Colombia. Like, in two years, I'm going to go back. In two years, I'm going to go back. And Only was, him or, or all of you? <laughs> no, I was, I was okay, but him. So in 1984, I learned about the sabbatical. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is sabbatical? Oh, you go for a year out of, in Alaska, they said the lower 48. So you go to the lower 48 and stay for a year and you come back. Ah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I prepared everything to go. I packed my house, put everything in one room, rent the rent of the rest of the house, and went to Colombia. But instead of a year, I stayed for five months. And then I said, where am I going to go? I already made my mind that I was going to be out of Alaska for one year. Right. So you guys went to Colombia for six months, didn't 
didn't, didn't work like out. It. Yeah. So you decided we're going back to the States. And I said, but where? I don't want to go back to Alaska. I said that I was going to be out of Alaska for one year. So where, where? Oh, in Florida. Okay. Florida, I had a friend, tons of family in Miami, but I don't like Miami to leave. So I had a friend here in, in, in Florida, in Central Florida, and I called her that I could come and look for a house. And I end up, she was packing to go back to Alaska, and I end up renting her house for right. a few months. And then that's how I end up in Florida. So what did he think of going back to Florida? He was happy because what he, he wanted, he thought that at least he was closer to Colombia. Mm-hmm. And then I, for him, working up in, in, in Alaska, he had to be out of the house for four weeks anyway. So we were by ourselves for four weeks, and he came home for two weeks. So, so wh- being so in Florida, it would have been just a longer trip. So while you guys, while you and, because at, at this point you had all your children, so your four children uh-huh. were in Florida, he would be still, he would still be working in on Alaska. the oil rigs yes. in Alaska. In Alaska. And came every four weeks. Did he that came ever, here for two weeks. Did that ever bother you? No. You you preferred it. You wanted <laughs> you liked the time off away from him. <laughs> I was afraid that I mean he can support us with me working or not working. Yep. So I was afraid that if he would just quit his job and came here to look for a job, I mean the wages in Florida were are ridiculous and were ridiculous at that time. Yeah. I I end up being in real estate because when I wanted to work in an office they offer five dollars an hour in 1985. Wow! I said five dollars an hour when I left New York ten years before in 1975. I was making seven dollars an hour or seven fifty to come here ten years later for five dollars with four kids. Who's gonna you know? And and if they get sick, what yeah. am I gonna do? I said I'm gonna do something on my own. So I, I was driving one day, and I saw a school of real estate, and I said, oh, that's what I need to do. It wasn't easy for me to, to begin with. To become a real estate agent. To, became, to become a real estate agent, I passed my test on the first try. Mm-hmm. I passed my school on the first try. I passed my test on the, with the state on the first try. It was to start getting used to it and making money. Right. On the first year, I didn't make any money. Thank goodness I didn't have to leave out, out of whatever I made. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness for, for your Alaskan for that husband. Job. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So that in, did he did he work in Alaska for the rest of is that where he ended up retiring? He never stopped working in Alaska? He never stopped working in Alaska and at one time the economy went real bad. But Papi, even though he never spoke very good English, he always have a, a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And he's, he was very cooperative and very gentleman. If he sees somebody with a package, he goes and put it in the car. You know how he is. He's very um, accommodating to everybody. Yeah. And because of that, he was very good in his job, even though he didn't speak very good English. Well, basically none. I mean, he understands yes. a lot. He understands a lot. His English is not very good. But he did his <laughs> job 
to, to the point that he got to manage one of the camps in Alaska with uh, more than 200 people. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who was managing, you know, the kitchen, the housekeeping, the, the rooms. And it, it was like a hotel. At yeah. one time, those, those camps over there, that was a hotel with the Marriott. Yeah. With the Marriott Hotel. It was just like a division over that. But when the economy was so bad, they will change him to another camp so they don't have, you know, they close this camp. So and they put him in another him, one. Right. They would just relocate him. Yes. Yes. And sometimes I said, how many people is there? Oh, 150. How many people? 100. How many people? 25. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he knew that he was the last person to leave if they closed that camp. Yeah. So they were always moving. So the economy started to go back up, and then he got his job again the job the job wasn't on the on the verge anymore (laughs) yeah thank goodness yes so was there ever a time where you were worried your marriage wasn't going to make it not the marriage but but the survival (laughs) (laughs) just each other (laughs) yeah because if he had to come here and with no money and i wasn't making that much money that would that would have been tough but thank goodness he never lost the job he so and he worked until he retired in, 19, in 2005. He retired. 30 years that he worked in Alaska. And now he just spends his days yeah, working working on houses, <laughs> <laughs> doing handyman work. Taking, well, taking Claudio, the yeah. handyman, <laughs> up and down and going to Home Depot and buying all the, that he needs. Okay. Well, thank you very much for talking with me. I think... Uh, it's I think just a... Uh, uh, how you say resuming? A quick summary. A quick summary of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure people will like it. Okay. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah.